0: Okay, so today's the 11th. Uh, Before we dive into the word um, for the message today, I picked uh, verse 30 out of Proverbs. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins a soul is wise. He who wins souls is wise. So today, um, we wanna jump back into, and actually this is the last message in our series, Like a Child. We've been talking about some of the attributes of God trying to view those through the eyes and through the heart of a child. And um, there's there's this interesting story that we read about in Mark chapter 10 where uh, Jesus is surrounded and there's a crowd and and children are trying to get in there and uh, parents have actually brought their kids they want, them to be touched by Jesus. They're hoping something uh, majestic will happen there. And the, the disciples are seeing all this go on and they're feeling like, Hey, 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 he's way too important for this. You have no idea. You're dealing with the son of God here. Step back. You kids get back. And Jesus gets wind of that. And I think he gets a little bit, um, you know, upset. And he says, hold, ho, hold it on. Hold on. Hold on. huh, You have no idea here. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And then he says in, um, Chapter 10, verse 15, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. He was saying, I want you to have faith in me, I want you to have faith in God just like a little child does. I want you to believe with purity. I want you to believe with simplicity in your faith just like a little child. And so we've been looking at these attributes of God from the perspective of a child. And I, I want to look at another attribute today. And, um, and to do that, we're actually going to use a part of the Christmas story right in the middle of August. I hope that's okay with you. It seems almost illegal to talk about the Christmas story in August, but that's just me. I just want to go across grain. Is that all right? Okay, so we're going to spend a little bit of time in the Christmas story today. And as you listen to this, I want you to um, listen to it like a little child. Try and do this now like a little child. Not—I know you're sophisticated. I know you all know how to program your VCR by now, and it's not flashing twelve o'clock anymore. You have—you know—moved into the modern. But instead of being sophisticated, I want you to don't 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 leave your intellect at the door. Keep it with you. But 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 try to view this now from the viewpoint of a little child. And the scripture teaches us that this, this angel of the Lord shows up to Mary. Now don't start out now and say, oh yeah, yeah. An angel of the Lord shows up to Mary because come on, it's not all that common, right? I mean, come on. If you had an angel show up, I know that in, you know, 12 seconds you'd have a picture of it. And in 30 seconds it'd be posted up on Facebook, (laughs) you know, and your Facebook's your Facebook thread would say, hey, look who's hanging with me, and there'd be a picture of an angel, and I'd be, you know, putting up a picture, and it'd say, you know, my cereal is soggy, after 30 seconds, I'd go, somebody would go, like, like, and on your picture of an angel, it'd be going, like, 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 are you with me here? I mean, come on. I mean, if, it was, if, if an angel showed up, you would be going, okay, got my attention, and, uh so here this angel shows up and, she, and it appears to this teenage girl named Mary, who's a virgin. And the angel says to her, greetings, greetings, you who are highly favored. He says, the Lord is with you. And and what an amazing moment. And I think if you're among the more cynical among us, you're going, he's buttering her up. He's preparing her for something big. I don't think that's what's going on. That's a little bit too cynical for me. I think he's just stating a very simple but profound truth that's true about you too. Highly favored. Chosen, in fact. And he says to her, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. You're to name him Jesus, and he's going to be with the Most High. It's a pretty amazing thing. And this little girl asks the question, which any one of us would probably ask, right? Right? She says in in Luke 1, starting in verse 34, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. In other words, okay, so Joseph and I are betrothed. We're engaged, but we're playing this straight. There's no making out in the backseat of the donkey. Okay, so we're okay here. How am I going to have a child? This is not the way things are going, right? verse 35, the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then verse 37 is our key verse today. For nothing is impossible with God. And all of a sudden, centuries-old prophecies are about to start unfolding right there happening. God's going to do something that with a human being could never happen. What's impossible for man is possible with God. And through this young virgin girl, God would become flesh and dwell in the world. It's a pretty amazing thing. And, and this angel declares this truth that I pray that you're going to believe like a little child. Nothing is impossible with God. He, he makes a simple statement. Hey, that we, have, we hear now, in fact, we hear it probably often enough that it's just background static Maybe. We should not have let that let that be. So the attribute that I want to look at today, um, the the big, sophisticated church word for it is the omnipotence of God. omnipotence. That's a great word, isn't it? <laughs> you use that a lot in your daily um, you know it, it just basically means the unlimited power of God, and and you actually won't find the word omnipotence" in the Bible. You'll find um, you'll find other words, though. 350 times you'll find a word like this, almighty or all-powerful. And those words are only used to describe God in the whole Bible. They're not used to describe anybody else. The first week we looked at the goodness of God and the theme there was my God is for me. And the second week we looked at the presence of God. My God is with me. The last time we were on this, we talked about the grace of God, which is my God forgives me. Today we're gonna look at the power of God and a child would say, My God can do anything. Anything. And there's nothing impossible with my God. My God can do anything. Why is this so important? You know, I can pretty much guarantee in a group this size that either you or people you know are facing some things that are impossible challenges, maybe, you know, really, really difficult things, trials, and you don't know how to get out of it. And you genuinely need the power of God to intervene, the God who can do anything. I mean, I, I heard a radio preacher one time make this statement. He said, you're either coming out of a hard time, you're in a hard time, or you're headed for a hard time. That's 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 so negative sounding. I can't argue that statement, but it's true. You know, it just seems to be true. I mean, I my, my personal prayer list is never empty. It's just never empty. When I, and I say, you know, um, I mean, I'm going to share with you without naming names uh, what's, what's on my present prayer list. This is my present, and, and this, this would represent what, what I guess we could call maybe more my inner circle. I'm not talking about all the things I'm praying about that I know about because I'm a pastor in a church. That would be a long, long list all the time, and you wouldn't be surprised. This is the stuff in Terry's life. These are friends, close friends, or relatives, people that I circulate with regularly day to day got two different friends who are in two different hospitals in Seattle because what they face is more specialized than what the local hospitals can have on, handle. Um, there's one couple whose marriage is legitimately potentially falling apart. Can't really tell quite yet, and they need something miraculous to happen. I've got... Um, um, this is a family member, a distant family member who has breast cancer that has now spread to the other organs in her body. Her husband suffers and has suffered for a long period of time from, from serious depression. And the bigger issue for them is they really don't walk with the Lord. Decades and decades ago, I think something may have happened that caused a hurt or a wound in a church setting and they blew out of the church, haven't been in a church. I, I don't think they have anything to do with God and haven't for decades, since, since before I was a little guy that's a bigger problem than the breast cancer another close friend 30-ish aged woman she has a very aggressive form of breast cancer she's a mother of two and um, so I'm praying about that and then there's another woman who's a single woman she has a grown daughter and faces tremendous financial strain house may have been or is imminently going to be foreclosed and this is just a sample of the things that are going on in Terry's inner circle Okay, I don't think I'm that unusual. Well, I know I'm unusual, but I don't, I don't think this is not typical. I think you're probably, you probably think about it. You have these things going on really close to you, too. So my goal today is, through the power of God's word, to help you build faith like a child would have. To believe, again, that with God, all things are possible. So I'm going to give you um, a, a few truths, three truths or three statements that I think will help. And the first one is if you're facing something impossible and you think, I can't do anything about this, I believe that a child would say, my God can. My God can. I love, I love the words in Jeremiah t- uh, 32. He says, oh sovereign, oh, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. I've been in the church long enough, I can remember a song. Do you remember that song? I'm not going to sing it. That would just destroy what's going on in here. But, um, you know, I, I, I just love that statement. Nothing is too hard for you, God. Every now and then, I think... You and I just need to take a good hard look at the glory of creation. Lisa and I just had a couple of weeks of camping time and we were off in one of the most beautiful places in the world and, and so every once in a while you just need to stop and look at what God has created. These are fresh pictures from this trip. Sorry to make you look at slideshows from Pastor Terry's vacation. <laughs> but this is, you know, this is a majestic scene. I worked for months as well as did a close friend and paid serious money to landscape a small section of my front yard from like as big as from here to that wall. And it's nothing like that. I mean, I did, we did great. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. But look at this. This is the majestic God. And every once in a while, we've got to stop and go, hold on a minute here. Who am I dealing with? Oh, yeah. And when you see what God does, not what man does, by the way, okay? Okay. Um, but what God does out there—it's just amazing. My God can, and I love to see the faith of a child too. Um, you know, someone who just really believes with simple purity. My God can do anything. I've told the story before about my daughter Rachel, who's not happens not to be here today. She's we we are sharing her with the in laws. I guess they have to have time with my granddaughter occasionally. <laughs> so she's not here today, but. I've told the story before of of when Rachel was around five years old and she was diagnosed with epilepsy. Do we did we run those pictures already? Can we? Do, okay, go ahead and put them up. And um, they're not coming up. Oh, good. Okay, so here's Rachel at about the age when she was diagnosed. And uh, so a couple other pictures. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden she grew up and then she gets, this is her wedding day and she's, but no matter what picture you see up there, this is Rachel in my mind. It's never going to change. I know she's a grown adult woman and she brings over this really cool little grandbaby and I love all that. But this is Rachel in my mind. And this is the age when she started having these seizures and we, we were scared, and we didn't know what to do. And I've told you the story before. She, um, we went in, and she was diagnosed, and they said, this is a lifelong condition, just deal with it. And um, with faith, I remember her sitting on my lap. She says, Daddy, I, I, Jesus is healing me. Jesus has healed me. And um, I agreed with her. It wasn't a parent in denial, but there was just a sense. We knew that God was healing her. And when we talked to these specialists, we were in Bellevue seeing these pediatric neurologists, which is a phrase no one should even know exists. And they're saying, no, 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 this is going to be forever. And she says, no, I'm healed. And they're saying, yes, honey, we're going to give you medicines and they will control this for you. And she's saying, no, 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 you don't understand. You do not understand. You know, you you don't understand. She's saying, this little girl, she's saying, my Jesus has healed me. And Here's the deal. She never, ever had another seizure. Never had one. Never again the rest of her life. Later, the doctors go on and say, hey, this doesn't happen, but we've got the tests here. We've got the proof. She's healed. This just doesn't happen. And uh, uh, the story is is amazing. We look at that and go, wow, a a legitimately documented miraculous healing, and that's the part we, we focus on. But I don't think that's the part Jesus focused on. I think he focused on that childlike faith. That example of that character that he wanted to see root down in her soul and last for her lifetime. In fact, there'd be too much of it in there that she can't help but spill out on on, on people around her. And I think that's the part that that I want to talk about today. This little childlike faith to believe that not, not just that God could, but that he can. And for those of you who are Christians here, and you have faith in the power of God, I want to declare some very simple truths to you, because maybe you'll fit into one of these categories. If if you have a broken relationship, and maybe you know you can't seem to forgive, You're, there's something and you just can't seem to get over it, and it's it's a strain for you. I want you to know that God can heal and restore that relationship. He can and make it even better than it's ever been. You know, maybe, maybe you're in financial trouble and, and maybe it's you've done the things you're supposed to do and you can't figure things out and or maybe you look at this and you say, you know, I've kind of dug this own hole. I, have abs- I know I'm what I should be doing and I've just refused to tithe, Lord. Maybe you've even dug your hole. I want you to know that in spite of all of that, God can make that right. God can restore that. He can, he can rescue you and He can lead you. God can do those things. Maybe, maybe you believe that God, the name of God heals, like you should. Maybe you believe that the name of God is bigger than your problem, bigger than any diagnosis. And maybe you believe that by His stripes, you can be healed. You should believe in a God who says, b- believe and like a child, in, in a God who can. Maybe you have friends and family that, that you love and they don't even believe in God. They're just kind of slugging it out through life thinking, okay, um, I'm just going to do this on their own and it's not working for them. God can rescue them by his power and by his spirit. My God can. I believe in the power of God and, and I believe that like a child, he can. But not only that, but the second one is that my God will. Not only can my God, but my God will. I love the faith of, of, of a little child that we see, one in particular that you'll notice, that you, you'll recognize in the Old Testament. It was really common back then when uh, two nations would, would, would come to war against each other. They, they would sometimes get out there and there would be a big, big mess, a big battle. But sometimes, every once in a while, you'd get these two opposing armies and they would start taunting each other. And each one would send out their biggest, baddest guy. And those two guys would fight, and that would determine the battle, right? I mean, it would happen every once in a while. They would send out their strongest, and whoever, and, 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 and that's exactly what was happening when the Philistines were out there, and the Israelites were, they were out there to do battle, and the biggest and the baddest bad guy was this Philistine named Goliath, okay? You know, you've heard about Goliath, and Goliath is out there taunting, hey, anybody want some of this, you know? Okay, you a picture of this big giant guy, he was literally huge. And uh, day after day, he would go out there and taunt and the Israelites would say, I don't, want anything, I don't want any of that. Because their faith was only as big as what they got, the guns, right? The gun show, right? That's as much faith. I wouldn't, if that was the measure, I wouldn't have a whole lot of faith. And then this child comes along, a young boy is what scripture says. He's, in, in fact, it says he wasn't even supposed to be there. He should have been off taking care of the sheep. And this child just happens to believe that his God is bigger than that dude that's out taunting. And he says, who are you to come against the armies of the living God? And when King Saul says to him, hey, go back home, you're too young, David says, no, I'm not. He says, let me and God at this guy. So we pick this up in 1 Samuel 17. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, this almighty, all-powerful God. And he says, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, this day the Lord will, not he might, my God can and my God will, who will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. <laughs> All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Wow. When everybody else thought that Goliath was too big, you know, David's thinking with my God, you know, he's too big to miss. And, Give me some rocks. I'm going to go after this guy. And he took this giant down because he didn't just believe that God could, he also believed that God would. I'm thinking about how he probably was, you know, you know here's David. He's already knowing God's going to do this, so he's probably got this whole picture in his mind. Okay, rock, down. Did you get that saw? That's gross. The problem is for so many of us who've grown up for a length of time in Christianity is we believe God could, but when it comes to you, you don't believe that he will. You really just don't. You believe God could do it for somebody else, but you don't believe he'll do it for you. Or you just think God's going to do it way over there. He's never going to do it over here but a child believes not only my God can but my God will. I pray today that if you're facing something that's difficult that you'll have the faith to believe that God can that with all things with God all things are possible and that God will. Not just that he can but that he will and that that's going to get deep down into your soul totally and completely because God says with me all things are possible. So I ask you what do you do when you know he can and you believe he will and he doesn't. And he doesn't do it. You know, um, when you really have the faith of a child, you're really believing and you've seen God do these big things and you know it's gotta be his plan and it would really be helpful and you ask him and you believe and he doesn't. What do you do? What do you do? We, um, tell a story about a very close friend of ours who, um, this is a c- couple of decades ago now, but just this, this close couple who were among, or if they weren't, they were just among our closest friends. And, um, I would put us at about our very early thirties. At this point, our friends, um, had had three little children, so they were little guys and uh, we were real close. We traveled together. We took vacations together. We, we rented cabins in the mountains together. We just did these things with this family. So we're very, very close to them. And uh, one day, she goes into another friend of ours who happens to be an eye doctor. And, and during her, her, his exam, he sees something in her eyeball. He says, this doesn't look right. We're going to have to send you off to a specialist. And in very short order, everybody was accelerating her appointments. And the word came back that there's a, there's a cancerous tumor in your eye. And this is an aggressive form of cancer. It's kind of scary. And so we went through this process uh, with our friends, where ultimately they removed her eyeball, which was a savage, difficult time. and um, they didn't get the problem out in time. And we had we had prayer meetings. It was like this big, long, continuous church service almost. We, we, we got the elders of the church together. We anointed with oil. We prayed. We, th- they were living their life as a family for God. They were doing the things they were supposed to do. And we prayed. We knew, good. We, we knew God healed. We knew he could. And we knew he will because this mother of three little kids, they're serving the Lord. We know he will. And then one day, It was actually a very beautiful summer day. God called her home. What do you do when you know God can and believe he will and he doesn't? I want you to think about Mary for just a minute. We read her story a minute ago. Try to think about this now as if this was personal to you, okay? So if you're a parent, think about like that. Think about Jesus being your child. Jesus is your child now. Imagine you're raising him up and he's perfect. He never sins. (laughs) Wow. You know, he does the dishes without asking him to. Takes out the garbage. He doesn't talk back. He's in by curfew. Amazing. It's amazing, right? You're going, it's hard for me to imagine that, Terry. but, But okay, so you're with me so far. Imagine that along the way that you're a virgin and an angel shows up and tells you you're gonna, you know, have this baby. And now, when you tell people you're pregnant, they go, oh, yeah. And you say to them, oh, yeah, you know, my baby is God's, right? Okay, so now it's beginning for you. You're dealing with this stuff. And, um, you know, imagine that at the time that would make you an immoral, you know, an outcast in in society. And imagine the pain that she's enduring. Then imagine that, um, you know, she says yes to God, I'll raise your son. And she watches him eventually being brutally tortured, being abused. She, those moments come where he's being nailed to a cross and she's watching all of this. Don't you think she would have been saying, God, stop it, protect him. She had to have been asking. She had to have been and you know, there's no mom alive that wouldn't be saying, God, help this. Jesus even prayed. He's in the garden. And I'll paraphrase, but he's, but he's basically saying, hey, Father, if there's any other way to accomplish this, let's do that. But may this cup be removed from me. Even though he knew God could do anything, God didn't. What did Jesus do? And it takes a tremendous childlike faith to believe that my God can. It really does. And it takes even more faith to believe like a child that my God will. But I believe the deepest kind of faith is the one that says, my God can and my God will. But even if he doesn't, I still believe. Even if he doesn't do what I think he should do, what I know he could do, I believe in a God whose ways are higher. I believe in a God who is for me. I believe in a God who is with me. I believe in a God who forgives me. I believe in a God who has plans to prosper me with a future and a hope not to harm me. I believe in a God who will work through whatever's going on for my good because I'm called according to his purposes and he, I know he loves me. I believe my God can. He's all-powerful. And I also believe he will. He will. He's a personal God who loves me, but even if He doesn't, doesn't, I want to have faith like these three Hebrew children in the Old Testament—Old Testament Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> Try staying that. Never mind. <laughs> these children say, "You know, this, the circumstances is the king has said everyone will bow down and worship to me," and they say, "No, we will not do that. We will not do that. We're not going to do that." And the king says, "You don't do it." You're going to go in that hot furnace. It's going to hurt. And these three children believe, these, they, they believe my God can and my God will. And even if he doesn't, here's what they say in Daniel 3, starting in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. Then in verse 18, they said what takes the deepest kind of faith to say and to mean. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up because we believe our God can. We believe our God will. And even if he doesn't, we still believe. As my prayer today for you that here we are in the middle of August, that you would hear this christmas story like a child fulfilling these prophecies that had of a virgin bearing the son of god wise men coming to worship him shepherds gathering you know all those things that you don't think about i mean the christmas card stuff all that stuff's going on and if if god can bring the savior of a world of our world through a virgin And we serve a God who can do anything, can do anything. My God can, my God will, and even if he doesn't, I still believe. Let's pray. Father, today, I just would ask that you would minister to your people in a way that would really bring something of faith and hope and miracles, God, as we need your presence and your power. I know, Lord, that there are people here who have been through some of those journeys and Somewhere along the way. They knew you could and they knew you would, but then you didn't and their faith crumbled in those moments. I pray, Lord, that you would rewind those clocks back to that place of building their faith. I pray, Lord, that there would be something today that your spirit would signal people, go ahead, ask me again, believe in me again. I pray, Lord, for something of faith like children that it would reside and in, 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 in that, Lord, the questions that we have would be something that we would put our faith in you first and foremost. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.